Well, um, in this uh, current topic on faith uh, and faith works, uh, we left off last week looking at how Abraham got to the place where his faith was unwavering. Uh, he was always capable of generating faith for the fulfilment of God's promise, but when he did receive the promise of a child and he had reached the place described by the Apostle Paul so well, and let's recap on that, he did not waver at the promise of God. Romans 4, verse 20, uh, it says, uh, to 21, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. It's, it's, it's our unbelief that causes us to waver and become a little unsteady in the midst of trouble. Okay. In living a life of faith, in living a life of faith, we have to recognise unbelief and step back from it when it shows up. And uh, we should never allow unbelief into our belief system. We all have a belief system. We should never allow unbelief to become our new comfort zone. All right? We need to be able to recognise unbelief and recognise it for what it is. You know, can you imagine someone work, you know, works out you're a Christian and asks, are you a believer? And you say, well, yes, half of the time. Imagine if that was your answer. Are you a believer? Well, yes, half of the time. You know, uh, a believer that has made unbelief their comfort zone will have a belief system that suits where they're at from day to day. And it will be short of the promise found in God's word. It will come short of that promise that we should be receiving by faith. You know, uh, they're the unbelieving believers. Have you ever met an unbelieving believer? Usually an unbelieving believer will be found out by what is coming out of their mouth in their words, their communication, their conversation. Unbelieving believers can't hide it because usually they can't stop saying those things. But the Bible does say that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's a case of saying, mm, got to stop that. Got to start saying what God says. Got to start praying what God says. If they are sick, it's because God made them sick. Okay? It must be his will for them. God is teaching them something. Have you ever heard that from unbelieving believers? Mm. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, and of course, you and I know, we've been around the word long enough to know, it's not what the Bible teaches. Isaiah 53, very good message from the communion this morning. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Healing is a part of the atonement. Healing is a part of what was made available to us at the cross. And if the Lord wants to teach you something, he'll speak to you through his word. Something that convicts you in a Sunday morning message, maybe. As you pray and seek him in fellowship, perhaps. If he wants to teach you something, he's going to get in your face. He's going to get in your grill about what it is that you need to be taught. Or usually those parts that, you know, when you hear the word and it sort of has a, it's got a bit of an edge to it. He's saying something. He's, he's speaking to, into your life. You know, when our children were growing up, um, you know, if they were disobedient, we would talk to them perhaps, sometimes sternly. It didn't take too very long as they were little as they were growing up to know the stern voice. And, uh, but we rarely punished them. I have to say that, we rarely punished them. And, uh, but love can be tough, you know, we, we, didn't, we weren't holding back or sparing the rod as we used to say. The cliche was, don't spare the rod because you'll spoil the child. But 
I tell you one thing definitely true. We were not the kind of parents that thought if those children, if our children needed to be taught something, that we would catch the latest flu or a little bit of gastro and try and pass it on to the kids so that they would learn a lesson. Our Heavenly Father's not like that either. So watch out for that type of, I don't know, religious thinking that goes on sometimes. How, you know, how could a loving parent intentionally pass on something to their kids so they could learn a lesson? I don't know any parent like that. And our Heavenly Father's exactly the same. So never think that. And uh, just be on your guard when you hear people going down that track with their theology of what God does and what God doesn't do. He's a good, good father. And you can even download that song on Spotify by Leland, okay? He's a good, good father. And get that into your spirit if you've, got, if you've been listening to something else. Get that into your spirit. He's a good, good father. But let's just look again, you know. The Bible says Abraham was strengthened in faith. Up on the screen there. Giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He was able to perform. He was fully convinced that if God said it, if God promised it, he can do it. And that ought to be our lifestyle too. That's where our faith needs to get to. Fully convinced and no doubt and unbelief. If we are to continue living the life of faith that works, we have to learn to outwork our faith and not outwork our unbelief. And Abraham hits a spot. He gets fully convinced. He gets to that place where he's fully convinced. There's no doubt mixed in there at all. He's got mustard seed faith. It's all faith. Didn't have unbelief that um, he'd become comfortable with either. You know what I mean? That, that comfort zone where we allow a little bit of unbelief in. He didn't have one foot in and one foot out. And the verse tells us that he was strengthened in faith by giving glory to God. And if we spin backwards, uh, we would have, have to conclude that we are weakened in faith by not giving glory to God. You know, that all ought to start out there. I remember when we were first saved, um, and I sometimes talk about it, but there was a whole crew of us that got saved at the same time. It was actually quite a little revival in the social group that I was in. And, you know, we, on a Sunday morning, uh, all the crew that got saved at the same time filled a whole row. You know, and we were just all our mates all together at church and we couldn't rub two scriptures together between us. But, you know, <laughs> we, we, we knew that God was doing something. There was a transformation going on in our lives. And I remember one of one because we were learning some of the culture of the church at the time as well, which was um, uh, uh, praising the Lord. You know, you'd want, romp up to someone and say, good morning, how are you going? And they'd say, yeah, I'm great, praise the Lord. And we were learning that. That's how they talk. Christians talk that way. Praise the Lord. And uh, we didn't think it was, uh, um, you know, really stupid. We just thought it was different. And, and I remember distinctly this one time when um, my, old, uh, my old friend Jeff, just, uh, I remember looking at him in the face one time and he came up and he looked me in the face and he, and he says, I've had a really, really bad week. And he goes, oh, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> it was a funny moment. And one of those funny moments that I remember, he's like, praise the Lord. <laughs> but, you know, um, when you learn the power of praise, when you learn the power of thanksgiving, uh, you are a whole lot better equipped to say that with meaning and say it with intention. And, uh, and he, he was learning. Abraham began to agree with what God said about his promised uh, child and started to thank the Lord for 
uh, what was not yet, not yet apparent. And that's where we need to get to. We need to thank the Lord for the things that are not yet apparent. What are you believing for? What are you trusting him for? Start to thank the Lord for those things. <coughs> Excuse me. Start to thank the Lord for those things. Start to praise him for them. Start to believe that you have those things that you've played, prayed for and believed for. Philippians 4.6 says, Philippians 4.6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And look what it says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In their day, can you imagine the gossip? You know, for Abraham and Sarah, this childless couple among the relatives or, you know, down there at the local market, you know, as they go walking past. Uh, have you heard the latest? And of course, um, you know, uh, you know the, ch the chatter that, go, you know, that goes on sometimes when you're believing for something that seems impossible. You know, there they are, they're 100 years old, you know. She's 99 years old and they've been without kids, you know, the rolling of the eyes and just, you know, people expressing their unbelief. Did you know his, his new name means he's the father of many nations? <laughs> You know, the, the, the chatter, you could, you could imagine uh, what went on. And just on a side note, we have to watch our communication uh, and make sure that gossip doesn't sit comfortable in our lives among our communication techniques. Let's change our ways, amen? Let's go on changing our ways. Make sure gossip's not something that lives big in us, amen? Giving thanks to the Lord is the thing that lives big in us, should live big in us. Praying without ceasing also needs to live big in us. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. You know, that's all the time, isn't it? How can you pray without ceasing? I'd run out of things to pray for. Praying talk, is talking about communicating with God, you know. Sing praises to him. Worship from your heart. Let that be the thing that just continues to, to usher out of your life. You know, let's develop, um, you know, that attitude of gratitude. Always thanking the Lord. Slow to be the one that grizzles. You know, grizzling, complaining, murmuring. Be slow to be that one. You know, or, or, or find a reason to be ungrateful to God. Don't be that one. You know, um, Abraham, you know, but he began to and learnt to start singing the Lord early in the morning, you know, out on the desert there. And uh, probably go off singing songs, you know. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he, he was the one that wrote that one, Father Abraham had many sons. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But I'm sure that he was singing songs to the Lord about his fatherhood, you know, and about his, you know, that baby that he was about to have and, and was excited about it. And, uh, you know... I think back just before I met Rosemary, talking about singing in the morning. Just before I met Rosemary, I was sharing house with three other wannabe husbands. And um, <laughs> I said, we're all wannabe husbands, you know, and we're looking around, you know. But I, I say this for those that are still looking around at the moment. I say this. Make sure that you don't try and find the right one. Work on being the right one. Amen. Work on being the right one because finding the right finding the right one is the wrong track. I found that out, 
And um, as soon as I stopped looking, the Lord said, right, you're right now. You're just set. You're ready now. Amen. At, uh, where, there we were sharing house, three wannabe husbands, and uh, we had a complaint from our neighbours. They knew we were Christians, and, um, and it wasn't because of our late night parties and inviting people over there and partying and playing Christian music all night. It was because in the morning we were all singing in the shower. And <laughs> I exalt you, you know, singing away across the neighbourhood. Now, the whole neighbourhood, particularly our neighbours, were getting really fed up with it, you know. And they, could you stop singing in the shower in the mornings, all of you, you know. <laughs> But praise the Lord, you know, um, when you when you got it in your heart to sing and praise the Lord, hey, you know, uh, you might get the odd person that sort of says, hey, you're a bit loud. But um, it's interesting to note that it was in that house that um, Rosie and I, Rosemary and I first paired up. The Lord dealt with us about um, uh, being, being um, together and uh, it was in that house and in that house where we would talk on the phone and... Um, and, and, of course, love was kindled and, and all those things. And here's a little fun fact this morning. Rose and I are celebrating our 34th wedding anniversary. Just right today. Amen. And, um, you know, and I just say this about marriage, too, just touching a few subjects in our main theme here, but just say this about marriage. Our strong point has not been that either of us have been perfect. Um, you know... Uh, or kept our good looks, or any of those things over those 34 years, or, or, or still the best looking things down at the beach, you know, none of that. Um, I, I, I believe it's because God's word has been true in our marriage. And um, we've always embraced that threefold cord understanding that the threefold cord is not easily broken, you know. The threefold cord speaks of Rose, me, and the Lord go together, twine together. And uh, it's a beautiful thing if you ever um, hear that message at a, a marriage ceremony. We always uh, look to glorify the Lord and um, for the blessings that we've received and, 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 and would do it all over again. And uh, if given the chance, we've got no regrets about marriage and would encourage everybody to consider the threefold cord marriage, you know, where God is in there and you're in covenant together and uh, it's a, it's a, um, a life-lasting um, condition. But as we see here, Abraham started to get stronger in his faith by giving God the glory, you know, you know, praising him for every single thing, starting to attribute all that was going on in his life that was good from the Lord. And recognising that there's an enemy and recognising that God, as we said earlier, wants to prepare a table in the midst of your enemies, right where your enemy can see you. He likes to rub it in the enemy's faith. So don't be concerned how bad it looks because all you've got to do is keep singing, keep praising, keep looking to him. And of course he started to believe that he had received. And I'm always excited about that. That little adjustment in our faith where we start to say, you know what, I may not have it, but I believe I have it. I may not see it, it may not be in manifestation in my life right now, but I believe I've received it. And it's just making its way to me. It's going to get to me. And uh, we start to live like it's ours already. That's a powerful way to live. I tell you, God loves it. Because he calls things are not as though they were. That's how he operates. 
calls things into being. And of course, we even see Jesus teaching that in um, Mark 11 and verse 24 when he says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Great scripture, great teaching from Jesus. You know, many believers fail to do the next step once they've prayed. Many believers stop short of doing what they should do once they've prayed. You see, if you believe you've received, even before you have your promise in the manifestation, you should give thanks. With thanksgiving, it talks about that. With thanksgiving. I'll just go back to that scripture. Rejoice. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So when do you give thanks? When you pray. A lot of people will wait until they've got it, until they start feeling really grateful. We need to start giving thanks when we've prayed. That's the power of actually using our faith. You should at least look like you're not anxious about it. <laughs> you know, when you prayed sometimes, you walk away still feeling a bit anxious, go back and pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I, I, I'm just going to leave this with you again. And I'm thanking you for it now too, Lord. You know, because that anxiousness gives us a way as not actually yet being fully convinced. Get that? That anxiousness says, I'm not quite there yet. Don't worry, God's merciful and, and you know, I wouldn't argue, argue on that point. But he wants us to live this way. He wants us to live in the reality of it. And the way to get there is to give thanks and give God the glory. You know, give him the glory even when you say, well, I haven't got my answer yet. Where's, when's my answer coming? Well, the Bible doesn't say, but if you just keep doing what the Bible says, you watch what will happen. You'll see the manifestation. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. It's a bit hot today, so I could have laboured on a little longer today, but I think the Lord had a plan. We've got a lot of reasons to worship this morning, so why don't we stand to our feet and go out singing. <laughs>